And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Facebook, YouTube Live, and the Elevating IT Podcast. We're recording live the regular Friday weekly sales wrap for the Elevating IT Podcast. And you can find the podcast, by the way, on you on uh, uh, on at elevatingit.net. That's number one. Or you can go to iTunes Store and just look for Elevating IT and uh, subscribe to the podcast. So it is uh, August already. Can you believe that, Frank? I can't. And uh, before you call me out, um, I, I, I promised I would wear a different hat for each one of your Facebook lives until I ran out. And uh, <laughs> this was actually one that uh, I tried to tried to get closer to the Fourth of July. I was trying to do a little, uh, you know, American pride here, and uh, I couldn't get the hat in time. So, uh, so I have it now. So it's it's it's. For August, but it's for you. Yeah, I, uh, it's crazy. We got a pretty bad storm here in the Northeast. Um, yes, we did. And uh, you have no power. I have no power. In fact, I'm I'm actually in my office again. It's first time since uh, early March. So I've I've only been here to like pick up the mail and uh, and a you know a techie thing or two. But uh, this is my first uh, day where I've actually been here for an extended period of time. All my staff is remote, so I'm enjoying the, the quiet. But it's a little weird. It's like I forgot what it was like to come to work. Right. But, uh, I bet it's uh, I bet it's nice. Actually, you know, you're probably getting because you're at home with a child and with you know with family, and it's not it's it can be challenging working out of your house, quite frankly. So it might be uh, you might be enjoying some peace and quiet. No. It's good. Change the scenery. It makes me feel like I'm at work. You know, the problem working from home is you never feel like you're not working, right? You just go right. like you, you're, you're home, you're working, you're, you know, it's night, you're still working. Here, at least I feel like here's work. And when I leave, I decompress a little bit and, you know, kind of yeah. convert. Oftentimes I find myself in the morning walking around, I'm staring out the window, just going, is it Wednesday or Thursday? <laughs> you sound like my mom now. And I seriously, I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> oh, cool. It's Friday. Yeah. So anyway, Frank, we just wrapped up a, a great webinar with uh, Datto again. We did uh, the second part of the webinar. And if folks, if you're listening to the to the live here and you haven't checked it out, uh, maybe I can put up a little link here. Hang on a second. Let's see what the link is. I believe it's this. Stalling for time. Stalling for time. I'm going to throw a link up into our chat so you can see it. It's uh, salesacademy2020.auditforit.com. What that will get you is registered on our system to get the replay. You'll go right to the replay on Datto. You'll also uh, eventually get the replay of what we did today, and you can register for Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, for my brain's gone. You can register for the next Friday that we do with data, which is going to be two weeks from today. So the middle of August. But um, we want to talk about today is change. Changing. Um, we, we talked, we've been talking the past few weeks. It's kind of an ongoing topic. And we touched on change last time, but we want to, what I want to really do is hammer it home again, because I think it's, it's so important. You know, we, we, 
And Frank, do you want to recap where we've where we came, how we came? I'll throw that to you first. Yeah, I think that uh, what's worth mentioning is that what we are really selling is change. That's what that's what it represents. We're not selling antivirus or firewalls or cybersecurity, you know, tools and training and stuff like that. We're selling change to that prospect that you're coming to. And that's what they're looking for here. Um, the change is basically where they are currently in their current state to where they want to be and where they're now emotionally invested in their future state. So if you've, you've done that discovery process properly, you've now found out where they currently are, you've helped them understand that, and you are uh, getting them emotionally invested in that future state and that difference or that gap, as we like to call it, is essentially the um, is the change. And that's that's exactly what you're selling, quite simply. So easiest way I can you know, describe and frame it. Yeah. And, and we, we touched on fear of change a little bit last week because that, but that's important. We, we want to uh, talk about it more this week um, because the, it hard, it's hard to get people to change. I, I have um, a service I use. Not going to mention the name because people will know what it is. But I, I use it and, and I hate it. But I have to use it because I'm so afraid of changing to something else. I'm so embedded in it. Like there's a couple of things. Number one, uh, Garth fears change. Uh, any Wayne's World fan? Are you a Wayne's World fan? Do you ever watch Wayne's World? Um, of course. I can't even remember what the context of it, but, but uh, Dana Carvey said Garth fears change, and that's uh, true my pop culture and, reference for the day. And knowing that empowers you in the, in the sales process or cycle, right? Is because you have to understand that you're selling change and that's what they want, but they fear the change. And it's because emotionally people are invested in things that they know or things that have longevity. Like when you say comfort foods, like those are, that's why people revert back to that. Things that have longevity, you know, the, the, the statement people tend to stick with the devil they know versus the devil they don't know. That's what's at, at play here when you're when you're selling, you know, change to uh, to a prospect or even to a client if you're if you're upselling or cross selling. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different reasons why people fear change. I mean, just where I think, number one, we're, we're wired for that. We're, we're nat naturally we as humans are, it's kind of in our, in our brain wiring that we want what's familiar. So there is some behavioral psychology at play here that people are kind of programmed to want what's comfortable to us. What's the, you know, it feels easiest because we're most familiar with it. So to ask somebody to make a change, it can be very, um, there can be just no reason. It can seem like there's no good reason for the person to change. Right. You know, and, and I talked a little bit last week about the, the law of influence called commitment and consistency from the book influence. And that that is once we make a decision, we are going to be consistent with it. Right. And you see it in politics when people dig their heels in and, and they're fighting each other. We you can go and you see you see people argue on social media all the time. And I, I love watching it. I don't argue a lot on social media because you can never win and you're not going to change anybody's mind with politics. So what I like watching is people really get into fist fights on social and we've all seen it, whether it's mask versus no mask or Trump versus Biden or Trump versus Clinton or whatever it is. 
someone is going to lose the argument. Someone's going to win the argument. The person who's losing, even if they're losing the argument, they just dig. It just makes them dig their heels in more, and eventually they go away. They don't change their mind. They just go away and yell. You know, they start to get more um, irrational with with their answers, and and that's because of commitment and consistency. We're we're very likely to to stay committed to uh, consistent with our commitments once we make them you're not going to change your mind once you've decided and that is a a psycho behavioral psychology thing so i don't know if you have anything any thoughts on that before yeah absolutely i think um there's two things that come to mind one is buyer's remorse but more importantly is buyer's defense and um what i found especially in the technology world is that when um, a business owner makes a decision to change something and then that change is rolled out and there's like a near mutiny by the staff because it's changed. It's not that it's bad. It's just different. It's changed. Like, it feels weird. Yeah. yeah. The, the business owner then has this like buyer's defense. Like they're like, they're trying to defend it. And what we found is that we need to, um, empower them to be able to answer to the, the the masses to their to their staff, right? So that way they can say, no, we're changing this because of A, B, and C. They have to be educated on it. So when we do our selling, it's it's a it's very important for us to educate them, not give them a PhD, but to but to give them um, enough of the the reasoning behind why you're going to change based on what they've told us were the problems. So they can remind the staff what we're what we're trying to accomplish, and I think that uh, to your point uh, about um, like psychologically, people want to stay like with something they that they know, and 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 maybe you know that's comfortable for them. When we're selling them change, a lot of times we're selling them something confusing, right? Especially technology, like if it's a car or something, there's an emotional experience tied to that or food you taste something or an experience like if you go to on vacation right people can very easily see what that future state looks like right so if they're like yes i would like to trade my money for a change in this experience this is what i get we're selling things like technology especially when it's different for every um you know every uh msp or provider out there they don't they're not sure what the future state looks like right and that's why it's really important to to show that to them. You have to clearly define that and you've got to get them emotionally invested to make them want that. Right. It's like driving that car. And we use an example, like if I was a salesperson, salespeople let you drive the car, they give you the keys. You sit in that driver's seat, you smell the leather, you know, you get that, you get the radio on and you let's go for a ride, right? There's a that's an emotional experience and purchase. If what they did was um, take out the Chilton's manual. Remember those? Remember the Chilton's yeah, manual? Yeah. My father yeah. a manual for every car to show you how to like change the spark plug. If they took out the manual and went through like the battle card and tech sheet, why, why BMW versus out and all that nonsense, think about how much you, you lose out on. And then they might start thinking, you know, maybe it's just easier. I stick with the car I have, even though it's breaks down a little bit. At least I know how to drive it. Like this just looks complicated. So it's really important that um that you keep that in mind that they want to change because there's and that's the whole reason why you're talking to them because there's a problem but they're afraid to change and you have to make right. it for them to 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 get over that that hurdle yeah and you're talking about there's two two types of change from a psych, psychological standpoint is uh the rational 
Mm-hmm. The rational reason they don't, they fear change. The reasons that there's two reasons they fear change, the rational reasons and the irrational reasons. We talked about the, I talked about the irrational reason. It's, it's, the, it's cause it's why we're wired that way. So you literally, as a salesperson, when you're prospecting and selling, you have to understand this, that you're not only trying to change the, the rational reason they don't want to do something, they're fearing change. You have to, you have to hit the irrational stuff. And the irrational is, is, is harder in some sense, but the rational is just important. And you got, you just got to that, which is it's what's, what is this change going to cost me emotionally and, and physically? And that means how much time am I going to have to put into this change? So I, I said, I use, I use something that I really would love to change, but I can't, I don't even want to look in other solutions because I'm so entrenched in this. Like there, there's, there's, all these, all these uh, pain of disconnect type things, right? Like I rely on this software. Oops, I mentioned it's software. It's a CRM software. I don't want to mention any names, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Infusionsoft. Um, I I wish there was, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of replacements for it, but it's so hard to untangle the mess that it makes it. And that's a rational reason. That is not a irrational reason. Can you hear my dog barking? I can hear your new dog barking. Yes. <laughs> you should bring him on screen because I've not seen your new dog. I kind of want to see what we're doing. Oh, I'm not bringing him on screen. He is like really like going nuts right now. He's scratching at the door. He's not even at my door. He is all the way across the house. You can hear him. Yeah, we'll stay on topic then. Sorry, I was trying to throw you a hanging curve there. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not taking that fits, are you? No. Um, yeah, I think um, the emotional change is uh, is uh, is really important to embrace. People don't like it, they, and and one of the things that I've found was that prospects endure a lot of pain. They do before they before they change. And when I do like my discoveries, it's the thing. If you don't, if you don't do a like a business level discovery where you ask questions and keep asking why and drill in, and you just go in and you just do some basic like tech fact finding, you'll totally miss all this. Yeah. And and the prospect will think, yeah, you're not you're not understanding like what what was really motivating me here. So when I listen and I take notes, I think like you know, some companies give their their MSPs. Like what seems like a thousand chances to screw things up, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm shocked. And I always think like, wow, you know, I, I never assume my clients are going to give me that much leeway. Maybe they are. I don't want to find out. But like some some businesses take a beating at the hands of you know of of their MSP, poor decisions, poor communication, whatever. And and I'm always shocked. And even then. They're still not 100% convinced, you know, they're, they may be 90% of the way there. But even after that experience, they're still like, mm, I got to think about this because like what you said, it's change. And, you know, sometimes the pain of the change itself, it overwhelms the pain of what they're experiencing on a day to day basis. So they decide to stay, stay where they are. That's also why it's important to continue to follow up. It's important to never um, let you never say no for you for the prospect right that's a really i read that recently as a regurgitate that one i didn't invent that line but they said never say no for your prospect let them tell you no right keep up with them i know you know they talk about somewhere between eight to twelve touch points before they're you know they make a decision 
And then uh, another interesting sales tactic was, you know, especially when they tell you about all the pain and then you present a solution and they're still not convinced well, a line that they tell you to use is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Didn't you say that, um, you know, X, Y, and Z was costing you 30% uh, right. a month in lost revenue? You have, you, to you, back. Yeah. you have to bring them back to remind them why, right. why we're here. Exactly. And that's part of the discovery process. You're exactly right. Because otherwise they revert back to just that innate desire to avoid the change when you have to remind them why they would change in the first place. Right. A lot of psychology yeah. in sales. It's interesting. You know, everybody thinks there's like these magic formulas and it's complex. It's just basic human psychology, isn't it? it is. and, but it's really, it's, it's very simple, but it's very hard. Um, and, and the process that you got to follow is simply, and again, you know, going back to it just starts with good fact finding and, and from a business perspective and, and a personal perspective and uncovering and unearthing the real reason and the real pain they brought you in to make the change. And if you don't present it right, right. you know, you have to transition them from to the point where the change is no longer as painful as staying there. And that's your job as a salesperson is to transition them so that the change is now no big deal anymore. I don't care how hard it's going to be to change the rational and the irrational because the pain of keeping what you've got now becomes so much that you're ready to, to right. tackle that change. And our job as a sales professional is, is to do that. And, and, the, and we're going to talk more about that as the weeks progress, as we get into it and how to do that. But we wanted to set the table for this because this is a huge hurdle to overcome. And this is your job now is to get them to to not fear change anymore. And right. if you don't understand the pain and the problem. Yep. And, and to done. give a glimpse into, you know, what we'll talk about next week is uh, is is you, you just use the word complicated. Right. So we know that, you know, basically what you're selling is change. Right. Change is emotional and emotions are complicated. So therefore, yeah. that change can be complicated, and we're going to delve into that uh, a little bit more next week as we kind yeah. of explore this uh, this path. Right on, yeah. And I want to. I just want to comment on something you said before. You know that when do you stop following up? You were talking about the follow ups. I had a, a, a trainer who once told me because I asked him that. I said, when do you stop following up? When should I stop? He goes, when they buy, or when <laughs> they die. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And, and he was dead serious. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, the, the, the worst thing is when they don't make a decision at all, right? I mean, I think that's what, what, what is the killer in sales, right? So you want to get them to say yes or no. And no is okay because, it, it, you know, I mean, it's not as good as a yes, of course, but it's far better than a I can't get this guy back on the phone or I can't, sure. you know, he won't show back up because if I get a no, um, I always thank them. Um, and I go way, way above and beyond. Thanks so much for your opportunity to earn your business. I'm sorry we couldn't, you know, we couldn't work together this time, but I certainly look forward to, you know, maybe in the future, um, connecting with you again. It's okay with you if I keep in touch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cause I'm getting, I'm letting them off the, and then I mark, I drip market them. Right. And that's, that's where the drip marketing and, and building your list and, and, you know, it comes into play. And uh, we get quite a bit of, uh, of, of, of clients from that, more, that list. You know, they weren't quite ready. So I, I view it in that case 
um, I wasn't able to show them that the change, uh, again, that gap, sometimes right. the gap's not wide enough, right? So the value of your solution isn't enough to get them to move. Sometimes that gap has to widen. And many times when, when they do come back, what, what's the first thing they do? They tell you a story of, of the next thing that happened, right? Right. So they say, oh, this time we got ransomware. So like, you know, they had already, you know, I already had my notes and think I see all the bad things that happened. And then they lay on something else. And that was like the, the final straw. And uh, if you stay in touch with them, um, I think, you know, through drip marketing and don't take no for an, no, not now, not no forever, right? No, no for now, not, for, not no forever. Um, you have a good chance of getting them later. And, uh, you know, it's all part of the sales process. Yeah. Eventually, you know, it, it's just think of it like a boat. You know, the people that, that are in a boat with holes in it and, and they're plugging the holes because it's too painful for them to go buy a new boat. It's so they're plugging it, plugging it, plugging it. When that boat finally gets enough water in it, we're like, okay, we have no choice. We have to buy a new boat. Then, then they're coming for you. So you gotta, you gotta keep following up. My, uh, uh, another sales trainer of mine used to tell me, cause I, I used to talk about that. Like, I can't get them to change their mind. I can't get them to buy. And he goes, I, I said, I used to say like, you can't lead, a, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And he goes, yeah, but you know what you can do is you can put a lot of salt in their mouth, make them really, really thirsty. <laughs> and that's and what he was saying is you have to really hammer that pain yeah. and the problem and remind them of why they even thought about making that change. So I know we're beating that up. Uh, we've got a good one for you next week. We're going to talk more about this stuff. So with that, I will release you back to the wild of powerless New Jersey, Frank. Yes, no power, no internet. So what I've decided is that it's worse to be without internet than without power. Yes. But if I didn't have power, then the internet wouldn't matter. So I have a generator. So here's, here's the conundrum. I have a generator. I learned my lesson eight years ago during Hurricane Sandy. And um, I bought a whole house generator. And since then, it's gone on, you know, sporadically a couple hours here and there. Nothing I could say, you know, was a lifesaver. However, this storm, which was pretty quick on was a Tuesday. Short storm, but very, very powerful. Yeah, and it didn't even look that bad. It was a little windy. Um, you know, my power went out. The generator kicked on. Felt pretty good about myself. A lot of my neighborhood, you hear all the generators humming along. Yeah. And the crushing blow is uh, like three hours later, Comcast goes out. And there is no I don't. We don't have Verizon files in our in our development. It's uh, it's buried utilities, I guess. For uh, you know, it's too hard for them to pull the fiber through or something. But um, I actually think it's not so much a, a line or a pull down as uh, as that. There's Comcast has equipment upstream that requires some power, some kind of aggregation point, and when the power goes out, eventually they must have some battery backup in that. So no internet. So uh, you know, I try to use my mobile. I'm in a spot where the cell phone service isn't great and then every kid and parent in the you know in, in the in the region is now on their you know on verizon lte service has crushed so i'm actually back in my office first time since early march and uh i have internet and power so this will be working out of here with with my face mask on so <laughs> with that said mike it's time to end this call get the weekend started Right on. See you later. Have a great weekend, everybody. Tune in again next week and check out the Elevating IT podcast over on iTunes and 
enjoy your weekend. Take care, everybody.